This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Thanks for joining us. Another live episode here. We are back on Facebook and, of course, as always, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Amazon Live. On Amazon Live especially, you can see all kinds of things in the carousel to get better rest. Of course, one of them is indeed today's guest podcast over on Amazon Music, so make sure you check that out. And then the other items are my pillows. I just got new pillows and a new comforter, and I'm sleeping much better, getting much better rest, so to speak. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we jump in, real quick shout out to switcherstudio.com. That's how I produce all of my shows um, on my iPad. So when I'm looking down, I'm not tweeting, I'm not reading something. That's what I'm doing. I'm putting things together. I'm making sure, you know, I don't have a producer. It's just me, just me. It's just me. So relax if you get offended by anything. Today, we want to talk about getting rest. And you know what? Getting rest is kind of a hard thing, honestly, in my opinion. Um, It's hard for me too. You know, you go to bed, you've been in meetings all day, or you've worked all day, and then everything keeps spinning and spinning and kids are pulling on you, thoughts are pulling on you, um, you're watching the, you know, baseball or whatever, that's not going too well. I'm a Yankees fan, FYI. So, you know, like I'm not winning. But anyway, so the point is, how do you get rest? How do you balance everything together? And, and how do you make it work? And the other thing is, if you don't get the right of right, right balance, I mean, it, it can be rough. You know, at some point, you're not going to be able to sustain that. So today's guest, we'll get him out of the green room here in a minute, Julian Hayes, the art of fitnessandlife.com. You can connect with him there. And as I mentioned, if you're watching on Amazon, you can just click on over to his podcast on Amazon Music as well. Julian, welcome to the show. Really appreciate you making the time today. Absolutely, man. Happy to be here. And I totally relate to all that that you were talking about. Sleep is very conceptually, it is something easy to understand, but the execution at times is very difficult. Well, I mean, everything is easy to understand, right? I mean, I understand how (laughs) to lose weight. I understand how to throw um, that game-winning touchdown in the NFL. Doesn't mean I could do it, right? It's very, very good point. Yeah. Very good point. So tell us about what can people, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. What, like, how, how did you get involved in what you do? What do you do? And, you know, then we'll jump in, find out how do people uh, find that balance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, we'll do like a cliff notes version. So I came from a background that's mostly not as health conscious as different families are. So, and I thought once you get to 30 years old, everything goes downhill from there. Luckily, when I was around 15 years old, I played basketball. There was an older gentleman who was playing basketball with us, and he was absolutely killing it. And I was, my head was exploding. I was like, who is this guy? He has some kind of mutant DNA or something. And 
I got to talking with him and, and that really changed my paradigm that planted a seed. He gave me very basic advice at the time. I wanted something a little more sexier, but um, oftentimes the most simplest things don't need to be seasoned and sexied up. It's just basic things. And so fast forward to, I went, to, I got to medical school and when I was in New York, I had a lot of crazy encounters that really changed or made me start to question if I was doing the right thing. School is always easy for me, so I can just coast along. But it wasn't really passion for me. So I decided not to go back that year and decided to pursue writing and to still coach. I wanted to be involved in health somehow. And just over the years, I've gradually built those skills up. I've been blessed with the opportunities to be in some pretty cool magazines and get some cool opportunities. And over the years as well, I've had different mentors to where I can really take my knowledge to another level to learn different things. And so now, present day, I run a, company, a boutique performance company that is centered around helping entrepreneurs and ambitious professionals recharge and upgrade their entire human system. Fantastic and a fantastic story. And of course, um, I mean, especially for entrepreneurs, I mean, you can go 24 seven. And I mean, even I talk about this when it comes to content marketers and content creators, um, when is, when can you end? I'll give you an example. We do these live streams, you know, and I, uh, you know, I'm involved in basically three shows or four shows, I guess, currently, I mean, you could do it all day long. And then mm -hmm. at night you can write articles all night long. And then, when you're supposed to be sleeping, you could be doing who knows what, run a social campaign, you know, I mean, it never, ever ends. Uh, and I, I know when you run a business, same thing, right? You can always keep going. There's always something else. So how do people find that balance? How do they know when to knock it off? And I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but the arbitrary eight hour workday, right? I don't know mm -hmm. if that's the answer either. Um, <laughs> but what's like, what's your answer? You know, that's part of the entrepreneur's dilemma right there, isn't it? Because the thing with entrepreneurs and when you're working for yourself, there is no cutoff point. And depending on what stage of the cycle that you are in your journey, you might have 10 different hats that you're filling on a given day because you, you're maybe not there yet to where you can delegate and, and bring on staff. So the, sci the, sci the scientific answer is to get those seven to nine hours of sleep. But the realist, and I've even experienced this myself, is some nights you're just going to have to not get that sleep because there's things to do. But it's it's, but we also it's the stories we tell ourselves. And one key thing is that the work will always be there, and that's one key that could probably take away as, as well is that a lot of the things that we think are imminent, they're really not imminent. There's deadlines, of course. There's expectations, yes. But there's very few emergencies. That back even more, how much of the work that we're doing every day is essential? How much of it that needs to be done that day? And how much of it is something that can be done tomorrow? And pulling that even back further, a lot of times what I've noticed is that there's the lack of organization. Kind of broke up there at the end, I think, but I think okay. we got most of it, if not all, 99%. The lack of organization, that's interesting. Um, so 
the urgency. So the work will always be there. But but it's interesting. So seven and a half hours. Oh, the stories. This is what I was going to. This is what I was going to say before I got distracted by you being cut off for half a second. So when we talk about the stories we tell each other. So we had a softball tournament over the weekend, and on the second day we came home, and I was. Other people, my family, have this whole notion that you can't go to bed before a certain amount of time. Do you know what I mean? Um, and like, we can't go to bed until nine o'clock. Like, that's the rule. Like, <laughs> apparently, whatever. And I was exhausted. And I went to bed at six o'clock and nobody else wanted to go to bed. And I'm like, the story I told myself, I just wanted to go have some alone time, lie down, fall asleep. If I get up at three o'clock or four o'clock, who cares? Mm-hmm. But, but see what I'm saying? So so that's something I think that's very common. We tell ourselves these stories. This is how we expect it to act. This is what we're expected to do. And I how do you feel about how do you feel about people, you know, putting in all these hours and they measure what they're doing on hours? So I my philosophy is if the only thing you can report is that you work a lot of hours, who says they were good hours? Do you know what I mean? I'm serious. When I'm working at home, I sometimes get more stuff done in three hours at home than I used to get done in 10 hours in an office just because nobody is bothering me. So sometimes I wonder when people say, oh, I put in all these hours. I'm like, but were they good hours? Absolutely. And this goes back to the whole notion that there's a great book by Cal Newport called Deep Work. And I've, I've never seen anyone who has put in 10 hours of just quality deep work. Some of those hours, a lot of those hours, is probably admin task or something. There's no way that, say, for I'll use myself for an example. One of my key core habits every day is to write at least a thousand words. Writing is a big part of my day and creating. I don't know any. I don't even think Stephen King, who's written, I don't, who knows how many books. I don't think he writes for ten hours. To my knowledge, I think he has a certain block that he sets aside first and foremost for creating. And then you do your other task. So I think those people, I think it just goes down to inefficiency and they're measuring the wrong metrics. Because we can look at some of the most successful people. They don't follow that type of model. And so I think success leaves clues. And one more thing to go back on a previous point that we were talking about, the thing about sleep that's so interesting is that, especially for entrepreneurs and, and creators, is that, Oftentimes we can be exhausted, but we have a very good skill of just powering through that exhaustion. Yeah. And we think that's okay because we're getting through the day. We're getting stuff done, but are we just existing or are we thriving? And so that's the key distinction as well. Are we just existing or are we thriving? That's, that might be the have to, that might have to be the headline for the podcast version of this thing. Um, I love it. Uh, what's interesting too is, you know, back in, so when I was in newspaper in newspapers, right? We, so I, just to give you an idea how long ago this was, for me to check my email, I called to the office and the admin checked my email. Oh, wow. Do you know what I'm saying? So there was no iPhones. There was Blackberries, but only like the, the CEO got a Blackberry. That's how long ago this is. So, but my point is, I could actually turn work off because I literally couldn't take it with me. 
at least not to the extent I can do it today. I mean, I'm sitting here today and everything I have in front of me, I can literally just pack up and move upstairs or or get on a plane and take with me, you know? Um, so I think that's, is that part of the reason why sometimes it's so hard to find that balance? Because shutting things off is actually really hard and sometimes it's impossible. No, I, you know, I, I think sometimes people laugh at this, but I tell them some of the biggest challenges with health now, it's not really nutrition and exercising. It's setting boundaries and managing your energy. A lot of times we think about time, but it's really energy that we need to manage. And when we don't have those boundaries, that energy is just getting sucked. It's just getting pulled all every which way. Yeah, it is. And so when you start a business, though, how do you find how, – how do you set those boundaries? So I'm just thinking about it this way. Mm-hmm. Not every conversation is worthwhile, right? Mm-hmm. Not every connection is worth our time, especially if you're a CEO of a – you know, a company that's starting to, to you know, get funding or maybe they got Series A or whatever it might be. How do you set the boundaries? How do you um, h- how do you figure that out? Because if I mean, it's very quick. I mean, even for new managers, they, they tell me this all the time. They say, I didn't get any work done today. And I said, why? Well, how? Why not? And they say, I've been doing is talking to my team. And I'm like, that's not your job. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So how do you figure that out? I, this is going to look different for each of us. And so we have to take set aside some time and establish those personal boundaries for ourselves, establish what's essential, what's going to help us truly thrive and be our best version of ourselves. So for me, for example, every morning and every night, I, I have the last 90 minutes, it's set aside. It's my region routine and it's my recharging routine. And there's nothing that interferes with that. And so I think a lot of times that's a good place to start. But we also, like I said, we have to know um, what is going to help us thrive and feel our best. And that looks different for each of us. Some of us need to go exercise in the morning to really get that day started. Some of us need to do more introspection in the morning to get that started. But the overall big picture is you have to stop and pause and reflect which is hard for a lot of high performers because they're used to being in a fast lane and slowing down sounds awful, but that's often where those breakthroughs are going to happen is when you take the time to slow down and really assess your day, assess how you're performing, assess how everything is going to take a big macro picture. You know, and sometimes I think, I don't know how how you feel about, you know, having mentors or whatever, and this is not really a, a true mentor example but, uh, you know, my physician said to me, um, the bed is only for two things. And do you know what they are? Yes. Uh, sleep and sex. Sleep and sex. That's it. She didn't mention my phone. She didn't mention my iPad Pro. She didn't even mention TV. So it's those two things. And and so it's not like I'm I'm not that dumb of a guy. I mean, I kind of knew that, you know, the, the thinking about it. But I'm always on my phone. Like you lie down and you go... I wonder what's new on Twitter. Well, nothing. Same old crap from 30 <laughs> minutes ago. Plus, you can never catch up, right? Um, oh, should I check on email one more time? Should I do whatever? And then in the morning, same thing. Or the the worst thing is when you do it, when you just wake up to go to the bathroom. Oh, man. So I put everything out of the way. So it's still, I use my phone as my alarm, even though I hardly said it. But, it, you know, 
it and you still want it in the in the vicinity but not necessarily in your hand my rest has gotten so much better it's unbelievable and then the other thing is i got i think on amazon live i mentioned that for you guys i put all my bedding gear in, in the carousel and i got different you know sheets different pillows whatever and now i sleep like a baby you know if i sleep eight hours or seven hours or six or or nine it's just it's much more relaxing but i needed somebody to tell me that and remind me that i need to get off my phone yes and another good thing to use is blue blocking glasses something okay. very very simple but really makes a huge difference i'm you know i like it's good to take a few hours away from your screen. That's in a hypothetical, it's a perfect world. But let's be honest, who is really going to set aside the last three hours of their day to have no screen time? Very few people. Can do That you can do is to get some blue blocking glasses. And what that's going to do is you're going to block a lot of that light that is signaling to your body to stay awake. And you're going to help that melatonin secretion start to do its natural thing so you can start to feel a little more fatigue when it comes to bedtime. Because a lot of times we, we're wired and tired at night because we're tired, but we're doing all these activities that are stimulating us. So they signal to our body to stay awake. So that's, yeah. a, that's a nice medium that I do. And there's also a free tool that you can use for your computers. It's called F-Flux. And what it's going to do, as the sun goes down, your screen is going to jerk that you remember that and turn it off or something because i don't want you to send something that's supposed to be green and you send it to your uh client or something and it's red so just keep that in mind when you're doing that but that's been a pretty nice tool for me to use so i'm i'm chuckling a little bit and thinking i'm like how do how do i go the last three hours without a device because we're using the devices for everything now you know i mean whether it's even watching TV, you know, sometimes I'm on my iPad watching TV. Um, sometimes, or I send, we send more texts even when we're in the same house. It's not a huge house, you know, <laughs> and but we're texting and, and that's easier than screaming at each other in separate rooms, right? Mm -hmm. So, but, but how did you find your routine? What's, what's like the trick? So I used to go to the gym in the mornings mm -hmm. all the time. You know, when I was traveling, going to an office or whatever. And now I don't, I hardly ever do that anymore because now I just kind of roll out of bed, go to work, you know, which is a couple of steps away. And then I go to the gym when I'm chauffeuring my kids around for for practices, you know, because I got a big block of time. And that seems to work, even though, you know, of course, um, when you work out, you are kind of like, let's go, right? Let's go. Mm -hmm. And when you do that at night, now you're like, let's go to bed. <laughs> but, but, you know, how do people figure out what their routine is and how do they get exposed to some of the different options? Yeah. A lot of it is trial and error. I'm sure, you know, there's a gazillion different articles on how to do these things and you really just have to try. Now I will tell you, there are some universal principles that I have noticed for most people, for most people, exercising too close to bedtime is typically not a good idea. Mm -hmm. So I, I will say that. So that's one right there. Um, What's the definition of close to bedtime, though? I would say at least two to three hours. Okay. Now, there's, so I, there's always so outliers. I, 
there always are. There, somebody asked me the other day, should everyone live stream? And I said, well, everyone is a very strong word. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but in general, don't find excuses not to. Um, so, okay. So let me make sure I understand that. So if I go to the gym and I wrap up at the gym, let's say seven o'clock, mm-hmm. then I'm good to go to bed at nine or 10. Give or take most likely it depends. And okay. it depends, and it depends on how intense that workout was also. Okay. So for me, I cannot do that because my workouts are fairly intense. And so I'm just amped up. And so, and wow. if, but so if you do have to do that, because there'll be some people, well, I only could work out in the evening. If you do that, then make sure to really have a dedicated practice of something that can really help you calm down before bed. Mm-hmm. So you have to be even more diligent with that because when you're working out and everything, that's that sympathetic nervous system. So you're, that's that flight or flight. You're really amped up. You want to be more in the parasympathetic. And another reason why is because typically after you go work out, you're going to eat, right? Well, if you eat too close to bedtime, then you haven't allowed enough time for digestion. So you're going to interfere digestion with sleep. So instead of your body focusing on sleep, you know, as you're sleeping, it's still working on digestion a little bit. And I have a wearable. And so for me, my magic spot is three hours between my last meal and bed and my deep sleep. I'm going to get more deep sleep. And so I have seven or eight months now of looking at this thing now. So I know that's a key thing for me. Once again, there's exceptions. I'm not the exception, unfortunately. Um, I got the short end of the stick on that. But so working out at night, make sure to have some practice, such as like a meditation, relaxing bath, reading scriptures, whatever gets you relaxed. We all have different things to get us relaxed. And another thing is be mindful of what you're consuming at nighttime. Because a lot of times we can have people that they're sitting down, they're like, okay, I put aside the work. So I'm just going to watch TV for the last hour and a half. And I still have trouble going to sleep. Well, what are you watching? Well, I'm watching all these action thrillers and dramas. So that's keeping your brain wired up. Your heartbeat's going up. So you might not feel that you're being wild up and that your heartbeat's increasing. You might not feel it as much, but it's still happening. And so that's a very underrated thing as well. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. So I noticed that too when I, um, you know, first of all, way more people work out at night than in the mornings, by the way. When I used to go at 6 a.m., like 50% of what I see at 6 p.m., mm-hmm. quite frankly. I don't know if that's a, you know, na- national statistic, but that's at least what it looks like here. Um, I do agree with a routine, and I actually like that too. I got one of those rain, um, what do you call them? Not rainforest, I guess. You know, the rainforest showers. Mm-hmm. It's just super relaxing. Uh, before you go to bed. So that's kind of my routine for sure. So when you say you write a thousand words a day, I mean, I'm producing a ton of content. I don't think I'm produ- I'm writing a thousand words a day. Like, is it a journal? I mean, what is it? Where does it go? Where can we see it? Or is it just like for you? Sometimes it's, it's material for my podcast because I do some solo episodes. And if I don't have any structure to my solo episodes, then I will go all over the place. And a 15-minute episode will turn into a 45-minute episode. 
what a bunch of random tangents. So that's one place it goes. Sometimes it's articles, and then sometimes it's topics that are on my that are in my head that I just write, and they're just hanging out for me to revisit later and clean up or to add to. And so writing is also one of my happy. I just notice when I I keep track of different habits. Writing the days I write and read and work out for like an hour, I tend to be happier regardless of what else is going on in my life. Interesting. I usually do not write just for fun, even though I do enjoy what I do. But it's I don't know. It's just too big of a part of my work, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's like nonstop every day. I'm writing something. I mean, even as we're talking here, I'm getting Slack messages. Can you read this? Can you do this? Uh, <laughs> can you take a look at that? So it's like, um, yeah. But you know what? I think maybe podcasting is a little bit for me, you know, in that vein, because it's really a fantastic way to connect with people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, we have an audience, but thank you for breaking up my day. I'm also having a nice and interesting conversation with somebody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, That's one of my, so like my core habits that I do in a day, which has mm -hmm. also helped me structure my day and my boundaries is that I write, I read, I work out, and then I try to meet interesting people, just have a conversation or at least connect with two to three interesting people a day. If I do those few things, then I've moved the needle forward at least by 1%. And there's a great book called The Slight Edge, which I really love. And I revisit from time to time because sometimes I become enamored with hitting the grand slam. And that leaves a lot of times for disappointments not feeling like you're making progress where if you just hit the singles consistently over time, that's going to lead to your desired outcome. And this also goes to your sleep. So there may be some people who are very poor sleepers right now. Maybe they're only getting, or maybe they're going to sleep at one o'clock at night and waking up at 6 AM or, or something like that. And they might be tempted to just try to turn this whole thing around in one fell swoop and say, I'm going to start going to bed at 9.30. I'm going to wake up at 6. And that's most likely going to lead to a lot of frustration because you're going to sit up and just look up at the wall for a couple hours because your body's not used to that because our body's a clock. It's pretty much a bunch of clocks that's running us right now. And we have to train those clocks. It's easy to train it, but it's just not going to be an instantaneous process as well. I mean, it really is. Sometimes I stay up longer because some of these on hockey games keep going on and on and on and on you know at night and guess what i still wake up at that mm -hmm. same time every single day and so it, it is it is definitely very very true so but how do we um how do we remember it's i think it's very easy for let's say high performing people or even people who are very goal driven right i mean mm -hmm. i kind of do that too so I'll give you an example. I don't know. Um, did we reschedule this? We did reschedule this podcast once or twice, maybe. I think so. Something like that. I, I think we did too. And I think I pushed, um, I'm pretty sure we did. And even if we didn't, the chances are pretty high. And I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> when I first started doing the live, so I did podcasting for a number of years and I did the live stream. And then I did the live stream and the podcast together. And there was a time when I was doing six, I'm just like, oh, let's do it. Let's go. 
do you know how much work I can get done if I do six live streams in a day? Zero. Zero, right? Like I'm exhausted. Here's another thing. I'm an introvert. I know some of you have a hard time believing it, but here's the definition of Same here. But here's the definition of introvert, right? It has nothing to do whether we look and sound good on camera or if we enjoy it. But what it means is we don't get energy from it. So while I'm enjoying the conversation, I don't necessarily get energy from having six hours of live shows, right? So it's kind of something to keep in mind too. Don't overdo it. And and but how do people? How do they notice it? I now notice it, Julian. But I didn't used to. And I noticed it when I go head first in that wall. How's that for sound effect? <laughs> I, you know, I'm the same way. I think with, I maybe can talk. This is why I limit it to basically two to three, maybe four conversations a day, because that takes energy away. And because I, pre, I'm pretty much, I look at the day as I'm an iPhone battery or or Android battery. And there's a hundred percent when I wake up in the day and all these little things take away energy, talking, live streaming, that's going to deplete the batteries a lot quicker for me personally than something that's just sitting in writing. And so for what I do, I have to do the same thing much and limit what days I'm going to get on camera, what days I'm going to talk as well, because I didn't get anything else done. So after, after today, I have another call later, but I don't have any like really deep creative work. That's going to be later in the day. I'm going to train again and I'm probably go read and study for the rest of the day. Now this morning, the very first thing I did before the world disrupted me, before I checked email, I got my writing done. And so that's what I did. I learned this through trial and error, but to answer, but to help with that, I, I, these uh, wearables, different wearables that we can wear and having data really helped me. It's not 100% accurate. Very few things are 100% accurate. But what it does is it show, it's, it's showing me how my body is recovering, how my body is responding to my everyday lifestyle habits. And data has no emotion. It has no biases. It is just what it is. So that for me helped. For some clients, it's going to get blood work to say, hey, this is this is this is how you're living. These are the numbers. Maybe we could change that. Because a lot of times with high performers, we have a little bit of an ego, which is good because it's it's a strength. And that's probably what helps us create and, and do those things. But sometimes the downside is that we think that that we're not the exception, that we can skip that. And so that's where you need these outside entities to come in to give us an unbiased look at how we're living in our day to day. And sometimes it's if you got a wife or you got kids, maybe they're noticing that you're a lot moody lately or you're grouchy or, or something. Maybe they notice those things as well. And that can be the feedback that you need. But the feedback's going to be different. But once again, it starts with just having a general sense of awareness maybe even journaling at the beginning of the day for two minutes. That's what I do. I always heard all these benefits of journaling, but I was like, I want to get the day started and I don't want to sit here for 20 minutes just writing. But let me just do, let me just do two minutes, a two minute check-in and go from there.
I, I think that's one thing people don't realize how much time there is to do some of those things. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I, I mean, I started the day pretty early, but I basically wrapped my most of my work day, you know, five o'clock. That's when the Yankees started playing five o'clock central. And I still sat on that couch at nine o'clock and I said to my wife, these games are just getting longer and longer. They were almost they were barely done by nine o'clock. That's four hours. That's why I can't watch baseball. (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, if I can sit on the couch and watch baseball for four hours, I can journal for 10. I can go on that 30 minute walk, you know, like, I mean, seriously, you you can do um, some of those things that don't take a lot of time. I I don't know if you can see it. You can barely see it on the screen. I got that walking treadmill back there, you know, and can you see it? You can kind of see it, right? Right there. A little bit, a little bit. I really can't move the camera too well without moving around here. But, but my point is, you know, I step on that. Like I had a meeting this morning. I don't, ha- I didn't have a speaking part, so I'm walking. You know, I get some steps in, and I'm actually paying attention. I'm not just, uh, you know, multitasking while they're talking and I'm doing something else. I might as well not be on the meeting. And not, not every meeting needs to be on Zoom. So you can do walking meetings. Yeah. You can do walking meetings. For myself, a lot of times when I watch the NBA, I watch the Sixers, some of their games. I That's the time that I will stretch or do some other kind of activity while yeah. it, while it's on. And so you can definitely multitask as well. Don't get me started on that. Not every meeting needs to be on video and Zoom. <laughs> what happened to a phone call? My funnest thing still was when Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, they won the Super Bowl. And somebody tweeted, this Super Bowl could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, some Zoom meetings could be a Slack group or or a phone call or whatever. So keep that in mind. The other thing, um, you know, you have to figure out why you do certain things. And I don't know how people can get away with sleeping seven hours or six hours. But I also think the more I think about it, I want more hours to sleep because I need that alone time. Do you know what I mean? So oh, it's, it's like a good way to look at it. Time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, you know, the sleep the sleep thing's very interesting. With that, um, it's individualized. I tend to sleep even more than that, just because of my lifestyle. I need more rest because I'm putting my body through a lot of stress throughout the day. For others who don't put themselves through as much stress, then they could probably get by closer to that seven hour um, time frame. Yeah. But you know how you're going to feel and then you can go by your feelings, but then you can also, like I said, go by when you go to your doctor for your checkups and those types of things, you can look at your blood work and say, okay, how's this whole picture looking? Yeah. So, but how do people um, set the boundaries too? So for example, maybe a bad example because uh, college football coaches are probably the worst at setting boundaries, but Kirk Ferentz, the Iowa football coach, you know, he, he would say, when he drives, so first of all, I say they're bad examples because they work forever and ever, right? They, they come in at eight or seven and they go home at 11. So, I mean, whatever, that's not a boundary either. But what he said is, I drive home and when I cross Prairie Duchene Road, I think that's the road, whatever, I leave football behind me. Mm-hmm. And then and then COVID hit and now he has to work at home. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, so in theory, that's a really good strategy, right? So, for example... Once I walk up these steps, my workday is done. I mean, do do people need something like that, or how do you feel about that? I like that. It's 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 basically a trigger. 
that signals to the event. I think about, I think her name was Twyla Thorpe. I read her book. She's a pretty famous dancer. And she talked about how she consistently got to the gym at 5 a.m. And the, the, her clothes were, were hanging out. The taxi was there. And then she just walked in. So what she did was pretty much ritualize that process for her. The clothes, the taxi, gym. So for me, typically, it's dinner. It's, or I should say, my lifting session. Because I typically lift in the early afternoon. That's That's the signal for me that the creative work is done. Mm-hmm. I might do some reading. I might, but the creative work is done because the later the day gets for me, the worst decisions I'm going to make probably. And so for other people, it could be walking into the house and we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a modified version now with everyone just pretty much living at home. I think typically walking in the house, putting your keys in the basket, hanging them up. That could be the symbol that it's time for work or picking your kid up. That's the end of work for you. Mm. Dinner time. That's so you start to cook dinner. That's the end of work. And so you could pick whatever you want, as long as it makes sense to you and you like it. That's all that matters. Yeah, interesting. Definitely, we always need triggers to to remember certain things um, and and find that balance. Um, just a friendly reminder, everyone, you can leave us a voicemail, uh, bit.ly forward slash BSP voicemail, and I might feature that on a future episode, depending on what you say. If you just, I don't know. Um, it was fantastic, Julian, to have you on the show. Great insights. Um, how, how do people connect with you? I know we've had your, your website in the show notes, and we'll put it in there on the podcast version as well. Is that the best way to reach you, or, or how do people reach you? Yeah, the theartoffitnessandlife.com is the home base, and you'll see links to everything, the podcast, Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. And if people just want to directly reach out with any questions or anything, they can email me at Julian, J-U-L-I-A-N, at theartoffitnessandlife.com. Fantastic. It was great to have you on the show. I'm glad we connected and that as well. Um, and, and they can find ways to be to be well rested because it does help. I do know I don't create any content in the afternoon. Like if I'm starting to write something at three o'clock, might as well stop because I got to rewrite it anyways. Um, really appreciate you sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. I, I definitely enjoyed it, man. And I hope, I hope the listeners got something out of it. Awesome. Thanks everyone for watching and listening. Until next. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Stories win.